Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today is another guest episode and another great conversation that I am really looking forward to. Adam Stott is the founder of Big Business Events and one of the UK's leading speakers on business, entrepreneurship, wealth, and coaching. Adam dropped out of school at 15 and briefly tried to work for his father before landing a job at KFC. Shortly afterwards, he bagged a sales job and discovered he liked working in sales. He worked for Alan Sugar's company for a short period of time, age 20, and took another job at BMW, where he stayed for three and a half years before leaving to start his own business and has since gone on to create a number of successful businesses specialising in wealth and business coaching. He has shared the stage with such names as John Travolta, Robert De Niro, Floyd Mayweather, plus many more. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Adam. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to it too. You know, big fan of uh, your podcast and super excited to uh, be be chatting today with you. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. I'm going to ask you the same question as I ask all my guests. What's your money story? <laughs> so my, my money story is I had none and I've worked very hard, had lots of ups and downs in order to get into a place where I now don't have to worry about money. And I think that's been a long, 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 long journey, but essentially have come from a place where where growing up, if I, if I sort of take you back a little bit, when I was growing up um, around the age of sort of 10, we were quite wealthy as a family. And we went for a very, very heavy recession where my dad lost his businesses, lost everything he had, really. And we went from being very nice and comfortable in private school to having nothing and moving into a transport cafe with my mum and three children and going from having wealth to having absolutely nothing. So I've been in a place where we'd had whatever we wanted and we moved very quickly to a place where money was really tight and things were really, really difficult. So I've had no money and I've had lots of money and I know which one one I prefer. (laughs) So that's kind of, uh, you know, if you talk about the money story and then really for me, you know, money had a very big early drive in my career. And in fact, you know, if I'm very transparent, it was the main driver for me in my career very early um but now obviously i'm later on into my career and it's not the main driver now but it certainly was the main driver in the beginning for me is like i wanted to make money i didn't want to be in a place where i didn't have anything you know and i really studied it 
and I made a conscious choice to understand how money works, um, how wealth works, how wealth is created. And through making that choice, through studying it, through learning it, you know, I was able to put myself in a position where I am able to create money. And I, th- I think that is a big, big difference between people that succeed at a high level. The people, you know, I know and spend time with and have a network of highly successful people. And all of the people that I know spend time with and that are super successful all have this handled in their life. They have money handled in their life. They are not, they're not worried about money. They don't have any bad associations to money. They look at money in in the right way mm-hmm. is that money really simply is a tool for exchange. It is a way that you can go out and exchange your value to make more money, uh, to put yourself in a place where you can do whatever you want with your life, you know, and I think that everybody I know that's super wealthy is not hung up on money at all. They just see it as a as a byproduct of doing great things for their clients. Uh, they see it as a byproduct of adding value to people. And, and essentially, that's how they create money. And I think you get into that place eventually, after you've been on a bit of a journey, and I understand lots of people listening to the podcast in different places. Some might be the place where they're not wealthy right now things are tough right now you're hearing things in the economy right now about how awful things are and how difficult and how you got rising inflation rising costs but some for somebody that's wealthy and somebody with a good money mindset that doesn't phase them you know it doesn't phase me at all you know i just think well if it's going to get harder you just add more value so my association to money is very simple you know if i want to make money then I got to solve problems and help people and get them great results. And that in turn is going to allow me to earn lots of money. You know, so I think I look at it slightly differently. And I think if people change the way they look at money and their associations to money, then they can very quickly go and get themselves a lot more of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and given what happened to you, to you and your family when you were, were younger, going from, you know, having plenty of money to that not being the same, and where yeah. you are now in terms of your money mindset, has your money mindset changed over that time? Or was it just a case of your money mindset was always in the right place? It was just circumstances changed. No, I, I think that I had to learn how to make money. I had to learn the rules of money. And I think that from an early age, I wanted to make money, but I didn't know how to. And I didn't understand probably early on that when somebody else is in control of your future, in control of your money, it's very, very difficult for you to be able to go out and make more of it because you're dependent on other people going to them, you know, like Oliver Twist with your hands out saying, you know, can I have some more, please, sir? And I think that when I started to take control of my own future, and look, if I, if I take you back to when I was about 19, which would be a good place to take you to, I was in a place where I'd a bit earlier actually about 18 I was in a place where I'd left school no GCSEs rebellious child um you know not really interested in learning developing myself working from horrible job to horrible job being in a place where I was on building sites and doing things that did not suit me did not suit my personality and a friend of mine had been given a job in a showroom and this job he'd been given in a showroom was to sell uh, cookers, TVs, washing machines, all this type of thing, right? And um, he said to me, Adam, I think you'd be good at this. Why don't you come for an interview? And I remember walking into this place, which was Powerhouse, right? So it's a brand that some people might be familiar with. It's 
I go into this place and I, I, and I get the job and I go through, there's a bit of a story about getting the job, but I get the job. And as I get the job, I've got this salary and I'm happy, right? Because I'm going to work in this place that now is warm. Right? I'm in a warm environment. They've got free coffee. So you, as, a, as a staff member, you get as much coffee as you want. I'm thinking, oh, I'm living the dream. You know, because my ambitions were very low at this stage. And I remember one of the ladies there, Diane, uh, Diane, lovely lady, turns around to me, a bit older, uh, in her 60s, very professional, very well-spoken. And she says to me, okay, Adam, this is how it works. You've got your salary. As the people come in, you go and talk to the people. And if they buy one of the products or services that you talk to them about, you get anywhere from 1% to 5% of the sale. And I was like, well, I don't really understand that. How does that work? Like, yeah, you talk to them, you guide them, you look after them, and you get 1% to 5% of the sale. So it's like, okay, um, so you're telling me if I talk to people, I make more money. She's like, yeah. And from that moment, I was like the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> around there, I was spinning around, going around, talking to everyone, enjoying myself, having a great time. And I found sales in that moment. And obviously, I wasn't very good at it to start off with because no one's good at anything the first time you start it. But I got better and I learned what people, how they reacted. I learned to read their body language. You know, I learned to present myself in the right way, to control my language, my communication. And from there, very quickly, I ascended to being the top person in that showroom, to being the top person in the country within that business. And I kind of found my talent and it was all driven by money. It was like, Adam, you know, if you do a good job, you get paid more. Now, back in the day, you know, my pre previous association was if you do a good job, you get an A, a B or a C. Like, there was no real reward. But now I was being rewarded with money. And my motivation kicked in massively. You know, from there, I went on to work at Ford and I did the same. I was very, very motivated. I went to work at um, Amzair, leasing jets, and I went to BMW. And I went through all these different jobs. And, and, and the difference for me was I was being paid based on my performance. The harder you work, the better job you do, the more money you earn. And that, for me, was a big turning point for me because I finally was starting to be able to be in control of what I could earn and what I could what I could grow into. So the next natural step for me was to start my own business. And as I started my own business, it was just like the sky was the limit. You know, I could grow and grow and grow and grow and grow, and I did. And, and through then, I started to accumulate money. Now, from the age of when I started my first business, age 25, um, I had a I, I had a very quick ascension. So I had a terrible first year where I was horrible, right? And I didn't do very, very well. And I found it really difficult. I really studied and dedicated myself in the same way I had to sales for the previous seven years. I studied marketing in a big way. I got obsessed with marketing. And from getting obsessed with marketing, I then knew how to get my message out to the market. And, and from knowing how to get my message out to the market, all this sudden I was able to create the client and then sell the client. So I had two elements. And from there, I had rapid growth. So I took a business from a million to 2.9 million to 4.3 to 6.8 to 13.7 million in a very short space of time. By the time I was 30 years old, I was running a 14 million pound a year business with 60 odd employees, with having multiple different sites. And, and this is the reason I tell you that is because you, you're you saying about the money journey. I went from having nothing to be able to get control of my money to then pushing it really, really hard. And then what I actually noticed is that that money aspect kicked in again for me, where I was spending money on pointless things. 
and I was doing stupid stuff, you know, like I was uh, driving Ferraris and, you know, doing all the kind of stuff where it's just like actually wasting money and not yeah. and not really valuing it at that time because I had a lot coming in, masses of money. You know, I'd gone from being broke to running a £14 million business but before the age of 30 years old. And I wasted a lot of money and I did a lot of stupid stuff. And then I actually met a really good mentor um, that I brought into my business. Someone that was a lot older, his name was Richard. And that mentor came in and, and showed me how to be more intelligent about money and actually showed me how to calm down. Because I kind of got addicted to just money, really, to be honest, and, and growing. And I needed that reckoning. I needed that change. And for someone older to come in and say, hey, look, you know, this is long game, not short game let's do this in the right way and i started investing properly investing in property um and i kept growing that business and growing and growing and growing we grew it a lot bigger um and then eventually um you know another six seven years later i went into the coaching space and built multi-million pound business in that i built multiple multi-million pound businesses now and money is always a part of it but where i'm at now is very different to then so where i'm at now is i don't really care about the money the money really is a way of keeping score Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, how well are we doing? We're looking at the business numbers to actually see how we're performing and how much value we're adding, which is different, isn't it? You know, because we're in a place now where I have an abundance of money, so I'm not so worried about it. But I've been I've been at the place when I was young, before I even had those jobs, where I'm selling videotapes to try and eat, you know. Yeah. So I've, I've literally been on that journey and had the whole thing. And, uh, and, and now I just realize that if you can – and I know this is funny because this podcast is all about talking about money. But actually, if you can almost take that out of the equation and say, you know what, I'm just going to do a great job for people and I'm going to try and serve people at the highest level I possibly can and I'm going to solve as many problems as I can, then the money will come off the back of that, right? Absolutely. that's the way I look at it now, now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> I was I was saying on, on, on a previous interview that, you know, I, I've coined a phrase where, you know, where mindset goes, money flows. And, you know, essentially, the less time you spend worrying about money, but doing the things to generate the money, then the more the money will flow. And as you already said, become a byproduct, an output of the of the effort that you were putting in essentially absolutely absolutely and what would you say at the moment you know is the secret to your success the fact that you have created several multi-million pound businesses you see do you know I, I don't know that there's a secret at all i think it's a, a a commitment to a few different things i think first of all that if you if you want to make more money, which is essentially what we're talking about, you have to realize that, you know, skills are a large part of money. So if you want to make more money and you want to increase your income, you've got to increase your skills. You've got to increase your value as a person. A lot of people want to make more money, take more money, but they're not actually growing themselves. So I think you've got to have that commitment to yourself where you have got high income generating skills. So you have to look at what a high income generating skill sales is a high income generating skill. If you are able to sell, you will make more money. No question. Marketing is a high income skill. If you are able to get message to market that entices and attracts prospects, then that is a high income generating skill. Public speaking 
is a high income generating skill because now you're not just speaking to people one-on-one you're speaking to the masses so if you look at these skill sets and you say hey you know um wherever i am right now if i want to become a millionaire or i want to become more wealthy or i just want freedom of choice then that is going to come through the skill sets and i think patience is another thing you know you don't go from being average to being a millionaire in a year you know you don't it takes time and it takes a commitment to taking lots and lots of action to getting lots of specialized information i talk about specialized information right it's like what are the skill sets that generate income and and master those and take lots of action on those skill sets be persistent and get around and this this is a very very important thing you know um is be around an environment of winners because the reality is if if the people listen to the podcast spend the majority of time with people that are in low income situations or scenarios that will become normal to them and you know that will be the contrast that will be the benchmark but when you get around people that are generating large income you know you get around people that are doing things at a higher level it just lifts your chin it just gets you looking upwards and saying hey if they can do it i can do it and it just completely changes your dynamic you know there'll be people listening that think earning a hundred thousand pound a year would be the holy grail you know but then there's people listening probably that hundred thousand pound a year they think of it as nothing you know and, and and i think in order for you to change your mindset you've got to be around people that are massively outperforming you and you've got to be comfortable with that because of what i have actually seen through a lot of coaching and training coaching training business owners for many many years is different people react differently to different situations so we give out awards within my coaching program when people hit bent first hundred thousand first two hundred fifty thousand first half a million first million 2.5 5 and 10 million so we give awards at all those levels right and we've got people that won all the different awards and we're giving out 150 million pounds worth of those awards in the last two years alone so it's a massive massive money now when somebody gets one of those awards you will have somebody look at that person and say they were lucky so mm-hmm. one person, oh, they were lucky. That was, you know, oh, you know, and they'll find the reason for the reason that person's being able to create that result. And the reason that they do that is because they just see that they can't do it themselves yeah. and they find that difficult. Makes sense. Then you'll also have somebody look at the same person and they will find it inspiring and they will look at them and say, they can do it. I know I can do it. Right. And then you will also have people that look at that person and they will feel intimidated. They'll actually want to quit because they're seeing that person succeed. So people are really, really. So I think what you've got to do is, first of all, get really positive around other people succeeding. That's the that's a small move. Mm-hmm. You can just manage your mind that when you see somebody doing well, and let me tell you, I've interviewed billionaires. I've interviewed A-list celebrities. I've interviewed dragons. I've spent time with people that are uber successful. None of them are lucky. No one. I haven't met a lucky one yet. I've not met somebody that has tripped over and fallen into pots of money. I just haven't. Yeah. You know, it is they have got the skills, they've been persistent, they've got around the right people, and they've worked hard. So the first thing you can do is look at somebody doing well and you can say, you know what, fair play to them. 
and celebrate other people's success. That will switch your mindset that tiny bit straight away. That would be the first thing I would say that somebody can do. The second thing I'll do is start to analyze success. You have to ask people, like, you know, what are you reading? Are you reading the newspaper telling you how there's a recession on, or you're reading Forbes telling you about somebody that's just done 300 million pound in sales and this is how they did it, right? So what are you consuming? Because that is going to impact the way you think about money as well, right? So that's another thing is you've got to be careful what you feed your mind. Because they say, what goes in? What do they say? You become what you believe. Yeah. What yeah. goes in, say, yeah. it must come out. Yeah, exactly. That ain't true. Yeah. What goes in, stays in, yeah, rattles absolutely. around, drives you. So what we need to do is we need to protect what's going in. And we need to make sure that we've got to we we've got to be listening to things that are positive. We've got to be listening to things that allow us to grow. We've got to be listening to things that inspire us, that motivate us as much as we possibly can. And if we do that, the way that we feel about money, the way that we feel about opportunity, the way that we feel about possibilities will change and will change very, very quickly. So I think feed your mind, be positive and happy for other people. Go and get the skills, find the skills. You know, like if we want to be really brutal and it's not for everybody, a lot of people have challenges and, you know, in multiple different ways, I understand that, you know, but I think if somebody had the patience and the persistence, then they can create what they want. I think that's what's lacking a lot of the time. Yeah. I think people can be sometimes a little bit lazy, mm -hmm. right? Not everyone, but sometimes people can be a little bit lazy. And sometimes people can quit before the miracle happens, you know? And I think sometimes uh, people can be, you know, a bit skeptical. Can I even do this? They can be full of self-doubt. Now, if we can address all those things and say, okay, right? I'm not going to doubt myself. I believe that I can do this. So I'm going to find the skills. I'm going to be persistent. I'm not going to quit. Then they'll get there. I, I do believe, I do believe that anybody listening to this right now, if they want to build a six-figure business, they can. If they want to build a seven-figure business, they can. If they want to put themselves in a financial freedom position, they can, but they've got to get the skills and they've got to understand the psychology. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm here. Anybody who's not watching the actual interview on video or just hearing the voice, they want to see me nodding vociferously because these are <laughs> these are all things that I, you know, that I've said on this podcast over and over that having that belief that you can. And just before you started talking about imposter syndrome of being surrounded by successful people I wrote down as a reminder to myself to ask you about yes following all those people is absolutely the right thing but how do people manage that imposter syndrome because very often what drives us is that very thing that also holds us back comparing ourselves to somebody and then feeling you're not coming up favorably and therefore doing exactly as you said some people will do providing themselves with the excuses saying somebody is just lucky and i can remember uh lord alan sugar now saying a long long time ago people say that i am lucky but the funny thing is the harder i work the luckier i seem to get Absolutely. and that popped into my head as, as as i said that so have you always had that that self presence to not be impacted by imposter syndrome comparative no, 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 absolutely you know look imposter syndrome i think what we've got to understand is a few 
things we understand about this. First of all, the belief comes before the skills. It comes first. Like you have to say, uh, for me, you've got to draw a line in the sand. You've got to say what you're going to be. And then you've got to follow through until you accomplish it. And the reality is, are you going to feel like an imposter? Are you going to go into a room, sit around people and think, oh, my God, these people are better than me? Yeah, you probably are. But the difference is, is the longer you stick with it, the easier it gets. And I could t- I could tell you a, a hundred different e- examples, a hundred different stories. I could, I could go on. But the basic fundamental is, even if you feel uncomfortable, you've got to do it anyway. So I think the first thing is belief. And it, you have to be successful in your mind before you're ever going to be successful. Yeah, that's absolutely. the first place. The first place you got to be successful before you ever will be successful. And you've got to say to yourself, you know what? I am going to be a success. I might not be there right now. It, it might be a journey. It might take me some time. I might have some ups and downs, but I'm going to be successful. You've got to sell yourself before you'll sell anybody else. And I think that's the mentality. I remember selling myself. I remember when I was a young man writing down in, in books, I'm going to be a millionaire. When I was 16 years old, I remember my brother and his friend finding the books and absolutely ridiculing me. You know, But the bottom line is I made a decision. And no matter what anyone said, I was going to follow through. And I think that that's the first thing, make the decision and then go on the journey. And on the journey, are you going to feel like an imposter? Yes. But that's where you're going to manage your mind. And you're going to say, well, you know what? The reason I wanted to be in this room in the first place is because the, these people are playing at a higher level. So I'm going to feel uncomfortable. And I recognize that. So I think that that's how people, how you got to be. So if I say, I am a confident person, but there's been many times where I haven't felt confident. Many, many times. But you know what? You just keep going back. I'll give you a good example. I'll give you, I mentioned my brother. So I'll give you an example around my brother. When we were very young, I had a girlfriend and this girlfriend that I had wanted to go and try salsa dancing. So we're going to completely go off script here, right? And she wanted to go salsa dancing. So me, my friend Andy, and my brother, we went salsa dancing together. So I turn up the first time. Obviously, I'm absolutely terrible at salsa dancing. She's quite good. She's happy, right? So I've kind of ticked the box. I've done my job. Um, my, my, my friend Andy was phenomenal. He was absolutely like a natural salsa dancer. Got it, moved, rhythm. He was absolutely spinning around the place like he was world class from day one. And my brother who went as well, he was terrible. He sucked, right? He was rubbish at it. So you got us there. You got her who's good and enjoying it. Me who's terrible. My brother's terrible. And you got my pal Andy who's amazing. So next week comes, I go, I ain't going back because I didn't want to go in the first place, right? (laughs) She goes back. She goes back with my brother and my friend Andy. Um, Andy wows the place again. And they keep going back every week, every week. And it comes to the point where six months later, Andy stops going. My brother, who's still terrible, keeps going. So another six months goes by, another year goes by, another year, and my brother kept going. I've fallen off. Andy's fallen off. The girlfriend at the time has fallen off. He's the only one who keeps going. The irony is, on day one, he was the worst one out of all of us, right? Um, The irony is he goes on to become a professional salsa teacher. (laughs) Because he stuck with it. Yeah. And he wasn't afraid of looking stupid. At that time, you know, he's done many other things and, you know, in in his career, but he became very, very good at that skill just through pure persistence. And he could have gone, oh, well, I'm rubbish and I don't look good and I don't enjoy it. And oh, God, look at Andy, so good. And I'm not as good. You just got to suck it up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the bottom line, isn't it? And people don't want to do it. People want instant magic one results and it just don't work like that. 
You know, you've got to say, you've got to stick to one thing, focus on it, drive it home, keep tweaking, keep tweaking, keep tweaking until you get the result that you want. And if you go down that route, eventually you will be successful. I need to pl- I need to play this interview to my husband because many years ago, um, I wanted to go salsa dancing and we went for, <laughs> <laughs> we went for one lesson and he came along with me. We gave it a go, but the worst thing happened. He thought he was just going to be dancing with me. Oh, no. We all had to <laughs> rotate around yeah. everybody else. He has never gone back since. He died of embarrassment, fortunately, not literally, but he's, he's never gone back since. So I have to play this recording to him when it goes live to maybe convince him to give it another go. Yeah, and it's a wonderful skill, actually, you know. Um, it's a wonderful skill to actually learn because it's very sociable it makes you stand out you know actually we were running an event we were running a professional speakers event where we trained speakers the other week and there were lots of people in the room salsa dancing people standing out having a great time yeah so it's great absolutely Mm. no absolutely so what now motivates you adam so what motivates me now is i like challenges so i think what happens is after you have so many challenges i think being a business owner being an entrepreneur um, solving problems is something that you actually enjoy doing. So I like solving problems. I like challenges. I like building something and I like helping people. So I think that you put all those elements together and I think it's a great thing for an entrepreneur to be able to do. And, you know, we coach now within um, my network, thousands of different business owners from pretty much every different industry you can imagine. And I actually love that. I love the challenging aspect of putting the pieces together for each different business, showing them how to win, showing them how to succeed. And and I love what I do. You know, I I really love what I do. And the money just becomes a byproduct. And what keeps you awake at night, given it's not going to be money, but what keeps you awake at night? What keeps me awake at night? Do you know, the only thing that ever keeps me awake at, at, at night is if I've got clients that are having challenges. That's the only thing, actually, nothing really keeps me. I sleep quite well, thanks. <laughs> but, you know, if, if I've got a client that's not winning, that actually would keep me awake at night because I want them to win, yeah. you know, and I want them to succeed. And I'm really passionate about getting people results. And part of the reason that some people don't get results is exactly the thing that we're talking about now, actually, um, the beliefs, the mindset, but actually the money aspect for people as well. If if people just don't look, money, there's two currencies, I always say. One is money, one is time. Time is, of course, more valuable than money because time is non-replaceable where yeah. money is replaceable. Now, if people just got their priorities right and realized that they will have an abundance of money if they use their time investments in the right way, and you got to go backwards before you go forwards, and I think most people just don't get that, right? You know, and, and all successful people have been to the edge. You know, if, like like uber successful people have been to the edge. It's not about playing it safe. It's about, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people, they're so, you know, I thought it was an interesting stat. So when you go into marketing and you understand marketing and how marketing works, one of the things that when I first learned marketing, I found really interesting is that 68% of people motivated negatively, 32% of people motivated positively, right? So 68% of people will be more driven by holding on to what they have, right, or avoiding pain than the 32% of people that want more from their lives. And I find that incredible. And I think that's the problem. You've got to motivate yourself positively. You've got to believe in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, 
that the future is going to be better than the past. And, you know, I'd invite the the podcast listeners to answer that question. You know, do you believe your best days are behind you? Do you believe your best days are right here, right now as we talk? Or do you believe that they're in the future? Mm. Because a business owner that lives in the past or a, a person that lives in the past they're not working on the present to create the future. So my mindset is I'm always working in the present to create the future. And I think that that's really important if you can get into that mindset of, look, I always believe that the future is better than than the past or the now. And, and I think that's a good belief to also maintain because then you start to create your future. Well, I think so few people do. They're so worried about holding on to what they've got right now or worrying about what happened five years ago. You know, I don't care about what happened five or ten years ago. You know, I've had I've had issues in in business. You know, I've had to I've lost lots of money at times. Uh, it does not bother me no. at all. <clears throat> no, I, part, I, I part of the game. Absolutely. And I think, and I think if people understand that it's just a part of the game, and uh, you know, if the only time you, you lose the game is when you quit playing the game, <laughs> right? Then then we need to build forward. Right. No, I t- totally agree with you. And I I coach. Um, I'm do, I do a, a pilot with the school in the local area that is coaching um, a year group of 14, 15 year olds. So they're, they're year 10, essentially around uh, financial literacy. But the part of the program that I teach is around mindset. And I'm getting them to be thinking about their life in 10 years time and life by their design in 10 years time so that can start taking that responsibility. Because I think you are right. There can be a mindset of sit and wait for somebody else to decide the direction of my life. Or I can do exactly as you've described you have done. I am going to create the life that I want based on the belief I have in myself. And even if I don't have that rock solid belief to begin with, I'm going to start off with that little, that little nutshell, that little nugget of belief. And I'm going to grow it because I want a life that I have designed rather than waiting to be saved by somebody else. And I think that's really important. No one's, no one's coming to save you. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. That's Absolutely. the mentality. Okay. Yeah. No one is going to come and save you. Nobody's going to come and, you know, drop a big bucket of treasure on you. It's not going to happen. If you want to be successful, you have to create it. You know, it's, it's your success is a choice. Fear is also a choice. Absolutely. And the thing is, I always say, like people have heard me say it many, many times before, is that really you have two choices. You know, one choice is success. The other one is fear. You can't have both. So you're going to have to make a decision. Which one are you saying goodbye to? You say goodbye to the fear, you're welcoming success. If you hold on to the fear, then you're not going to create your success. And and some so many people are afraid of failing. They're afraid of losing. It's part of the game. All right, you are going to fail. You are going to do things wrong. You're going to mess things up. You're going to have ups and downs. There's going to be issues. There's going to be scratches. You know, there's going to be scrapes. There's going to be issues. The bottom line is, are you going to keep going or not? And if you keep going, then you will win. Because you know what? Most people just haven't got the ability to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. How much can you keep pushing forward really dictates how good an entrepreneur is. How much can you take and still move forward? You know, and I think that that's uh, really, really important. And if people can can latch on to that, I think everyone is so worried about things being perfect. There never will be a bit perfect time. There will never be a perfect moment. Your product will never be perfect. Your website will never be perfect. Nothing you do will be perfect. So you shouldn't stop it from stopping you doing something. 
right? So the more action you take, the more you get rewarded. So stop worrying about perfection and start worrying about making steps. Absolutely. Yeah. What is the biggest mistake that you've made that you believe that is the greatest lesson that you've had since going into business? Well, I've made so many mistakes uh, uh, at times. So many. I've made I've made all the mistakes. Like, well, not all of them. <laughs> I'm sure there's a few more to make, right? But I've made so many. Like, uh, you know, I've hired the wrong people. I've, you know, I've brought people in that have ripped me off. I, you know, I've had all sorts of issues, but I don't dwell on the mistakes or the issues because I just look at, okay, that was a mistake. How do I put a system in place? How do I put a process in place to make sure I don't repeat that issue? You know, that's the kind of way that I, I don't really look at mistakes as mistakes. So there are opportunities to learn, yeah, uh, opportunities to do things differently. And, and that's kind of how I view the mistakes. I mean, I, I don't know that I could give you one big mistake I've made. I don't know. You know, I've made hundreds over these. There's no, and, and I think that that's acceptable and real and transparent to say. Yeah. And I don't know people will say that, but I've heard certainly happy yeah. saying that. But what I've tried to do is build processes around the mistakes um, to make sure that those mistakes don't repeat themselves, you know, continually. And that's the way I kind of look at it. I don't know that I can pinpoint one particular mistake. If you gave me more context and say, like a context to say, well, is it a mindset mistake or is it a market mistake or is it a sales mistake or, you know, but I don't know I've got one big overarching mistake that I wish I, I don't have any regrets. You know, and I think that's because that's in the past. It's done. I can only be better today and moving forward. I can't change the past. Absolutely, and 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 really, that that was the context to a certain extent. Is for for listeners to appreciate that for us all to get where we are, we have had to make mistakes along the way. We've had to accept lots of no's before we get the yeses, but not to be deterred or put off by that that's not a reason to stop it's very much a reason to keep going because we're all a little bit better for each mistake that we make we're always a little bit better at that particular thing going forward and stopping now could be the very day before we have the breakthrough essentially 100 percent yeah i totally in agreement with that (laughs) and can i take you back to what you said about richard because I've had several guests who've spoken about the importance of having a mentor. Um, somebody I interviewed last week talked about Bill. Bill, you know, was their mentor, the person that made that big difference because they saw what he did and they wanted to to emulate and follow in his steps and and learn from his success. What would be your advice to find the right mentor? Uh, I think. Don't try and find the right mentor. I think that would be the first thing. Yeah. I think look at the skill sets that you want to acquire and find the people that have the skill set. So that would be my advice. So I haven't, Richard played a big part in me understanding numbers and financial uh, literacy, understanding fundraising, understanding accounts, gearing ratios, and understanding numbers in a big way. But he's just one of 15 different mentors I have. I've had uh, mentors in public public speaking i've had mentors in branding i've had mentors in marketing i've had mentors in sales um i've had mentors in mindset i've all of it because what i do is i look at the piece i look at my weaknesses but i have a weakness that's what i will do and i think your strengths and the people that are listening right now whatever you're strong at has got you to where you are today it's the actual things that you're not strong at that I have the hidden growth vertical 
in inside you know which is there and because you've been ignoring those areas or neglecting those areas you're not maximizing those areas and those areas of potential so the way i always looked at the reason i came across richard at that time is because i was running a large business um i didn't really understand the numbers of that business i found myself at very uh, several cash flow pinch points and different issues and i needed a better understanding of how numbers were and that's how i found him in that time mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't i didn't meet richard in costa coffee or a business conference or anything i went out and i found i said who is the very best person at raising money who is the very best person at knowing the numbers who is the very best finance director in this country and i went out and found him because i knew that's what i needed so i think you i think a lot of people think that a mentor again is going to come and and save them and i think that that's not the way you look Mm. at it you say hey if I want to build a multi-million pound business, I need to be getting trained, coached, and guided by people that have built multi-million pound business, right? And and if you say, I want to be a world-class public speaker, you need to find world-class public speakers to train you. Yeah. So I think it's about the skill set. I mean, to this day, um, Sarah Willingham uh, and her husband, Michael, great personal friends of mine, I meet with them every month. Uh, she's one of the dragons, um, yeah. very, very successful lady. And I spend a, a day a month with her coaching um, every single month. And it's made a tremendous difference. You know, the difference is, yes, I've been very successful. But Sarah, for example, is running a PLC business with 1,200 employees with multiple different sites. So I know that Sarah knows the thing or two that I don't, right? So if I want to get to even the next level and I want to level up again, I'm always going to get around people playing at a high level. And the good news is, is I get to pass that high level information on to my clients as well, right? Yeah. So I'm always acquiring knowledge. I'm always getting coaching. I'm always getting mentor mentoring. I'm always spending time around people that can take me up a level. And, and obviously I invest in that. And the investments always 10, 20, 30 times themselves when you purchase specialized information and that's the mentality now the problem is is if somebody goes and gets coaching and mentoring they purchase specialized information they don't use it they're wasting the money mm, absolutely that's the bottom line right yeah. you know you got to use it yeah and it's not just about having a great conversation it's about saying right how do i do this not wasting a decade trying to figure it out yourself getting told exactly how to do it and then taking action on it in that moment yeah absolutely that type of coaching and mentoring then they'll fly and i've i've had 15 different i've you know 15 at least that i've paid over 20,000 30,000 50,000 100,000 in coaching and it's created me it's given me a knowledge and skill sets at a different level to other people and I'm nothing special right i'm you know, i'm nothing special about me particularly i've got no gcse's i've got um no background you know of uh, of, of wealth creation i've got no multi-millionaires or billionaires in my family or anything like that i just made a decision and then I just kept going after the information, kept leveling up. That's really interesting, actually, because I've spoken to several people over the last few weeks who have, you know, a very similar, you know, education background, i.e., no GCSEs, no O levels for those, you know, slightly older, etc. Yet there is a drive that has pushed them to succeed, where possibly more highly educated people may not have succeeded. Do you think not having a plethora of qualifications was the driver or just incidental? Well, my, my opinion on this, the school system is like, 
it, it appeals to left brain and academic people. It doesn't uh, appeal to right brain creative people. So you've got you're either typically more of a left brain person or a right brain person, right? And the problem with an academic left brain person is that they can sit down, they can fill out a test and they're happy getting a score on whether they pass the test or not. But that doesn't mean they're a doer. It doesn't mean they're a creator. It doesn't mean that they're somebody that makes things happen. Where your right brain creative people, they're probably going to struggle with the test. They're going to struggle, but they're actually going to take action on the information. And that's kind of the the difference maker. I think for me, um, the school system, the education system, it's not that I'm not bright. It's not that I couldn't do it well you know maybe i couldn't do it back then right you know especially but it was i didn't see the value in that information now had they said right adam you pass this test you're going to make a hundred grand i'm sure i would have passed it <laughs> yeah it's probably <laughs> the right motivation exactly. right but i just wasn't motivated yeah. at all it just didn't give me anything and i and i didn't really i couldn't see the value in it and i think for me i love being an entrepreneur, I love building businesses. I love helping other people. Um, and and the, the bottom line is that's not done through a little test. You know, it's done through applied action. It's taking action on the things. And I think that that for me is I love sitting down with a coach, with a mentor, like somebody. And I always look, you know, I always say only take advice and guidance from people you talk places. Right. So, for example, now I'm not going to go to a coach to coach me that's doing a hundred year in sales because that they You're would not be that. at the level that I'm yeah. yeah so I'm going to be going to somebody that's doing 200 million in sales 300 million sales because I haven't been there and that's the person I'm going to get the advice and guidance from because that's what's going to allow me to raise and grow and grow my levels and I think that that's something that you know, something that's really, really important as well is always look at people that plan at a high level, that know the things you don't know that you can grow and you can build towards. And that's really important. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Great advice. So what's next for you? So at the minute, you know, I love what we, I love what I do. You know, I, um, we run a, a training business. It's very, very successful. Uh, one of the biggest training businesses in the UK. Uh, we have thousands and thousands of clients. We're growing that business actively. Um, continuously growing it. And I think with everything that's coming up right now in the economy and things that are happening, you know, we want to help even more business owners. I believe that right now is a great opportunity for people to capitalize and grow and stabilize their businesses and then grow their businesses in the right way. So I think there's a lot of help that's needed in the marketplace. I'm really focused on our business training um, and helping businesses to grow. And that's kind of, uh, you know, where, where I'm at right now. And we just, I love the business I'm in. You know, I love it. You can't, yeah, yeah. you can't ask more for that. Can you? Yeah, I have other business interests. Of course, I have investments. I have businesses that I have stakes in. I have different things like that. But my main, I'm a big believer in focus, you see, um, a huge believer in focus. And if you focus on eight different things, you know, usually you have one good thing and seven bad things. I'm really focused on, right, grow the business, help as many business owners as possible to achieve the results that they want to achieve. And that's my main area of focus because to drive that business and to drive that business's growth, that's the most important thing for me. So how can people connect with you? 
So um, I also have a podcast. Um, if you, if the people listening are podcast listeners, my podcast is called Business Growth Secrets. There's nearly 300 episodes on there. Um, got billionaires, millionaires, and A-list celebs. I've had people like John Caldwell, uh, John Caldwell, billionaire. People like John Travolta and Anthony Joshua and stuff on that podcast. So we've got a lot of good um, uh, guests, but I also give a lot of content. I would say that's a good place to start because it's free. Um, therefore it suits everybody right um, but if you wanted to also connect with me on instagram you can connect with me on instagram my instagram is at adam stott coach brilliant and all those details will be in the show notes so people will be very easily able to connect with you thank you very much for your time today i've yeah, really really enjoyed that conversation thank you yeah, you've got a great podcast love it and you know i listened to a couple of episodes before coming and i think you're doing great things so well done to you too I, pre- I appreciate that thank you very much adam thank you thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the let's talk money and more podcast i really hope you enjoyed it if you would like to better understand your relationship with money then please head to the resources section on my website the money confidence academy and download my monthly Money Mindset Audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.